0: It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas
1: Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well, it's a beautiful Monday. It's a hockey Monday at City National Arena and Studio 31. This is Nighttime at Noon alongside Derek Anglin, Brian McCormick, here with you as the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, if you're a VGK fan, and if you weren't, you wouldn't be listening to this show, I'm sure, You're probably dancing this afternoon because the Golden Knights had a phenomenal road trip, a phenomenal week, uh, taking them through uh, southern Florida, Carolina, St. Louis, picking up big points, overcoming a lot of adversity to pick up those points. So we're going to break down the week that was, the week to come, uh, talk about some of the big-time performers for the VGK, including some of the youngsters, Yuri Patera and Pavel Dorofiev, And we're getting ready for kickoff later this month for the IFL season, and Nighthawks football is Head coach Mike Davis will join us to uh, talk about what his team has in store for their first game and beyond. Their season kicks off on March 25th. So a loaded, packed show. And, Derek, for the VGK right now, a lot of things going really, really well.
0: Yeah, they, you know, the in Florida they, they had a slow start and, uh, you know, team battling for the playoff position or playoff hopes, I guess. The, um, so they got off to a slow start, and it was a 2-1 loss in Florida to a you know, team battling for it, and then they go into Tampa Bay. Um, you know, get two big points there. They had the 3-1 lead, and, uh, you know, it's a tough team. They, they get one, and then you take a penalty, and, um, you know, they score to tie it up uh, with a minute to go or, or a little bit less than that. And, you know, I just liked how they regrouped go into overtime, and, uh, you know, that's two goals in two and a half minutes. It can give you uh, the other team a lot of uh, jump and, um, you know, deflate your team, but they stuck it together and, and ended up getting the two points, uh, which is well-deserved.
1: Really strong road trip, and a road trip that still has one more leg to it. By the way, they're going to be in Philadelphia uh, for tomorrow, uh, well, tomorrow late afternoon for our time, uh, before coming home to face the Calgary Flames and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Calgary, another team in the West, trying to make a push for that wild card spot. But the point is, there's still room to uh, to to do some damage for the VGK in their upcoming games. But you know, I think if you look, if I'm a New York guy. Maybe we have some New York transplants in the audience right now. They might be familiar with the, the Mike and the Mad Dog game that they used to play on their radio show, where you just go through the football schedule and you'd say, "Okay, uh, well, week one, that's a win, that's a loss, that's a win, that's a win." Okay, so by December we should be, yeah, you know, eight eight, eight and four if you were a a Golden Knights fan playing that game ahead of this stretch, Florida, Tampa, Carolina, St. Louis, I think you'd be happy. St. Louis is the one game in there where you'd say, okay, we should find two points out of St. Louis the way their season is going. I think you'd be happy with a split. Yeah, And they took six out of eight of of that stretch and as you mentioned, the Florida loss was a close loss, but they found ways to overcome. And I think any team right now, especially a Western Conference team that can boast multiple wins over both Tampa Bay and Carolina, you've got to be feeling pretty good about yourself.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know I mentioned the Tampa Bay game, but being able to go into Carolina, that's a tough building to play in. They they're really good at home, and to go in there and uh, win four um, nothing, you know, it's a team that, you know, what which I liked is uh, if you play your systems very diff- disciplined and you play good on the walls, you're going to get your opportunities and you stick with it, and because they're all out pressure all over in the offensive zone, and uh, you know, winning four nothing, your wall battles, you you win those, you're going to get your opportunities. So. Um, you know, it doesn't come right away, but uh, you know, for me, they stuck to their game plan and and kept going, and then they get a four nothing win in a, in a tough building.
1: And of course, a great outing for Jonathan Quick as well, a 33 save shutout for Jonathan Quick, and uh, you know we're on milestone watch now for Jonathan Quick. That's 373. 373- Uh, NHL wins for Jonathan Quick, if uh, my numbers are up to date, and I believe they are. That puts him one behind John John Van Beesbroek for number two all-time amongst U.S.-born goaltenders. I think my numbers are up to date on that, uh, which, again, is to say that he's going to keep climbing that list. But when you look at the Golden Knights organization, and some fans have have harkened back to the inaugural season where they had to get really, really deep in their goaltending depth. Well, we're about elbow deep right now. If you look at the Henderson Silver Knights, who in mid-November had... Laurent broois Yuri Patera and Michael Hutchinson none of those three are in Henderson right now and you've got Jonathan quick who is brought at the deadline he's won three since he's joined the team Yuri Patera with a great uh, out a uh, great performance yesterday to get his first NHL win they continue to find ways no matter who's in there that's a big credit to uh, Sean Burke big credit to Fred Brathwaite I mean the, the goaltending development has worked across the last several seasons but it's evident right now
0: yeah no definitely um you know at the deadline I'm sure they would have you know, if both goalies are healthy uh, going into the deadline, they probably maybe use that money somewhere else, but uh, you know, with Logan Thompson down, Brassois down, they have to, you know, it's almost an insurance policy, and it's paid off big, and you know, not just in the game, I think in the locker room, uh, you know, Quick is a well-respected uh, goaltender, been around for a long time uh, in in the league, he's respected, so what he's done in his career and stuff coming in, uh, you know, almost with two young goalies, it's that a uh, little bit of calming, calming factor, and he can use ex- his experience to help uh, those young guys when they do get back and healthy. So uh, that's a huge uh, addition to the team. And like you said, uh, the pipeline has been you know used this this year uh, probably more than uh, the team would like because you don't want to see those injuries. But it just shows, like you said, what uh, Freddie and Sean have done uh, with the goaltending. Uh, you know, I thought Patera played great last night in his debut, and um, you know, especially after that uh, taking that. Uh, Perenco slap shot in the yeah. in the jaw in the teeth. Uh, you know, welcome to the show. <laughs> oh no, yeah, welcome to the show. Take that in the teeth and 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 keep going. You know, he he made some big stops at some key times, and um, that's what you want as as you know your backup. Not let alone your you know guys. That's uh, there was three goalies in, in, in Henderson. He's up and getting a shot, and uh, I thought he answered the bell well.
1: I think something else is, is interesting. When you look at the the rotating cast of characters we've seen between the pipes is that for the Golden Knights, of course, if you have a young guy making his first NHL start, you're going to be cogniz- uh, cognizant of that. You're going to try to make sure you're not giving them multiple three-on-ones in the first period. But at the same time, they're not playing in a shell. Yeah. Whether it's systematic or just the confidence in the, in the organization – They're playing their same game no matter who's in there, which is to say that their game inherently does not create a lot of havoc and a lot of high-danger opportunities against for whoever's between the pipes, but also that this is a VGK team right now. The Paul Cotter goal in Carolina was a great example too. They're going to be patient, they're going to wait, and when you make your mistake is when they're going to pounce, and that's where you can see a team that's playing well, like Tampa did largely, like Carolina did largely. The game just slowly gets a little further and further out of reach. The deeper it goes and it's because of the opportunism and it's because it's a a system that i think is other teams it's, it's been frustrating for them
0: yeah no it's it's definitely a good system it definitely helps the goaltenders out how you know they don't like you said don't give up those high danger scoring chances uh, as frequently they really pack into the house and and take care of that area and which is what what you want for any goaltender any, you know they're going to come up with a big save when they need it but knowing that they're not going to have two three rebounds up because the, the the team collapses to that net and clears out rebounds well and um you know i think uh it goes off to the veteran group uh, you, you know you got guys like petro angelo martinez McNabb on the back end even you can throw three theodore in there he's been on there and then the, up front they got a lot of veteran guys and uh that know how to win and and i think they're coming into their own at the right time uh, you know this last push for the playoff spots and um you know this is where you want to be playing your best, and I think they're they're finding ways to win in different. You know, if it's a five-three game in in St. Louis, or you know they came up one goal short in Florida, but it's a two-one game. They're they're winning all different ways. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's hats off to the systems and 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 the guys that are doing it, and and then the goaltenders coming up and and doing their job too.
1: Brian McCormick, Derek Anglin here with you on Nighttime at Noon. You can follow along on the Golden Knights social channels as well if you want to stare at us while we're talking to each other. Floyd will put some good graphics on the board as well. But uh, lob your questions to us on the VGK Twitter so that production assistants Songy and Ryan can let us know what you guys are thinking. You know, as you look at this three-game winning streak for the Golden Knights in the solid uh, first portion of this road trip, you know, let's let's broaden the scope a little bit if you don't mind because. If you look at what the Golden Knights have done since the All-Star break, and they had tough sledding going into the All-Star break, out of the All-Star break, if my count is correct, 12-2-2 since the All-Star break, 10-2-2 since losing Logan Thompson, which could have been an excuse. or Around yep. the league, I'm sure teams look at it like, okay, let's see how they handle this. Well, they haven't really missed a beat. All year and really through the trade deadline especially. We talk so much about the arms race in the East, so many teams loading up, and the Western Conference a little either quieter or those depth acquisitions. And for the Golden Knights, they brought in Ivan Barbashev and Teddy Bluger. Those have looked like good additions so far. And, of course, Jonathan Quick is paying off. But it's been hard to find in the West a team that you said, okay, that's the one running away there's there's the bruins in the east yeah and a couple of teams very much trying to maybe not catch boston but be ready for them in may yeah in the west who's gonna seize that i wonder if we're kind of seeing the golden Knights seize it right now because again they've been as good as anybody since the all-star break and even with the challenges thrown their way it hasn't caused them to miss a beat
0: yeah they're like i said they're they're getting to their fine-tuning everything and and, and hitting that stride at the right time you want to be playing your best hockey and. You know, you, you mentioned the next three games at home after Philly, but after that, it's it's all playoff teams in the yep. West other than uh, – San Jose you know, I, at the end. You know. Yeah, Columbus. They're they're out of it. Uh, so it's all teams that are battling for it. I think they have Calgary potentially three times, so they can really – you know, you win those three games, you knock them out of the race and, uh, you know, basically solidify your spot. And, um, you know, you got Edmonton, Minnesota a couple times, Seattle a couple times, L.A. So it's all teams you're battling with uh, – mostly in the west but a couple in the central too so it's going to make for some interesting hockey uh, some fun hockey to watch and you know that those are the teams you don't want to be playing the teams that are out of playoffs yes they're they're, they're going to try to play the upset but the teams are the, the games aren't as you know emotional and and stuff but when you're playing all the teams that you're going to meet in the playoffs uh you know you're you're upping that level and getting ready for the
1: playoffs And you look at the rest of their schedule in March just to to follow up on that road game in Philly tomorrow night. Then there's the rest of the way, there's going to be two against uh, Calgary, one home, one away, two against Edmonton, one home, one away, Columbus, Vancouver, and San Jose also in the mix. And then when you turn to uh, April to wrap things up, there's going to be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games left in the regular season schedule in the month of April, which especially when we're talking about standings math, Seven games is not a lot. There's yeah. still probably going to be some work to do, some some closing out to do. But uh, once you get to April 1st, you blink, you file your taxes, and you sit down for playoff hockey. So, yeah. you know, we're getting towards the finish line where you want to be playing your best hockey. And I think the strength of the VGK is they are playing great, and they're presumably going to get stronger as they get a few pieces back. But as you mentioned, in the beginning of it, it seemed like they were doing with defense and goaltending. Lately, the offense is picking it up again. Jack Eichel, a resurgence over the last uh, month. And I think with that, there's been a little bit more space created that we're starting to see the likes of, of your Jonathan Marchisos, your Riley Smiths, and your William Carlson's find the touch again as well.
0: Yeah, you, you want all, you know, they went through that streak where all the top guys were, weren't were scoring. I forget all the streaks, you know, Riley Smith, Stevenson hadn't scored and you know, it was like that 10 games. But, you know, with the skill level they had, they, they were going to bounce back. They're going to find it, you know, and. Every team that you're playing against, they're they're matching up against those guys, putting their best players out against them to shut them down. And you know it was only a matter of time till they got going again. And and uh, you know you hopefully that that streak uh, it doesn't happen again this year uh, for those guys, or you know maybe not all at the same time. Uh, but uh, yeah, everyone's starting to you know find that touch again. They're getting their opportunities, and and the lines that they got going right now, it's tough to match just one line. Now you throw out. You know, if they're matching hard against Eichel's line, then uh, Smith and uh, them come out, and, you know, that's another top line that you have to match up against. So they're maybe getting some better, better, uh, Matchups, but, uh, you know, you want them all clicking, and they are, and uh, then you go further down, and third and fourth lines are, are tr- contributing as well.
1: You know, Derek, when the top guys weren't going, a lot of them simultaneously, the depth guys were. Paul Cotter has 12 goals. No one yeah. had that written down at the start of the year, but Cotters and Waz and Amadios were, were getting it done offensively. And just to demonstrate the depth, yesterday, Pavel Dorofiev got his first NHL points in the first period. He followed up with his first NHL goal uh, later on, creative as it was, and Bruce Cassidy, after the game, spoke about uh, the contributions of young Pavel Dorofiev. Well, he was on the puck a lot. The first goal, he created turnover with foot speed. I thought on his off when he was able to get inside a lot, um, to be dangerous there, uh, went into traffic. It's kind of slippery around the net, right? He's there, but he's not this huge guy, but he finds a way to find pucks. I thought he complimented those guys well, because also, he's also willing to shoot. Um, sometimes, you know, when, when Marshy was on that line with Carly and Smitty, I think that was a, a good element for that line. Sometimes those guys are looking to make the extra pass. So you eventually need someone to shoot, and I think Pav is willing to do that, and he did it tonight. Um, and oftentimes when a guy plays his first game, you're going to defer a lot. Like that two-on-one, I thought it was the right decision to shoot. Um, so I was happy for him to, you know, he played well, uh, and he complimented those guys. The whole line was good. I mean, Carly was excellent. Smitty was on pucks. Uh, it was a real good line, our best line. And that was Bruce Cassidy yesterday talking about Pavel Dorofiev, his first NHL goal. Just one of several young players highlighting yesterday's win in St. Louis. We're going to talk about that and more later on in the show, but... Right now we're going to step aside because when we come back, Mike Davis, head coach and general manager of the Vegas Nighthawks Indoor Football League team, ready to get us up to speed on what his plans are for this season and how his team is looking as they get ready for kickoff against the Iowa Barnstormers on March 25th. That's on the other side of the break. But first, attention Golden Knights fans, we need your help in welcoming AFC Bournemouth to the Foley Entertainment Group. Also known as the Cherries, AFC Bournemouth plays in the prestigious English Premier League where they consistently take on some of the best football teams in the world. Show your support for the Cherries by catching their matches via stream on Peacock TV. To learn more and be a part of the club's exciting new era, make sure to visit afcb.co.uk. That's afcb.co.uk. And up the Cherries. We'll step out when we come back. Mike Davis joins us. Brian McCormick, Derek Anglin here with you on Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Vegas Nighthawks return for their second season of action later this month. Become a part of the Nighthawks family and don't miss out on the action. Go to NighthawksFootball.com, NighthawksFootball.com, and secure your seats for this upcoming season. Full-season membership starts just $15 per ticket per game at the Dollar Loan Center located in Henderson. Visit NighthawksFootball.com for more information today. Back on nighttime at noon, Studio 31 at City National Arena in Summerlin. Brian McCormick and Derek Englund here with you. Golden Knights are rolling, but, uh, well, in Henderson at the Dollar Loan Center, we're looking forward to another team getting off to a great start, and that is the Vegas Nighthawks in their second season in the IFL. And they will kick off on March 25th against the Iowa Barnstormers to help us get ready for IFL season. We're joined by the head coach and general manager of the Nighthawks, Mr. Mike Davis. Mike, thanks for taking the time today. We appreciate it.
2: Brian, thanks for having me.
1: Easy question for you right off the start, Mike. Uh, the team is, uh, workouts are underway. Opening day is just a, a couple of weeks away. How are you feeling about your group?
2: You know, so far, so good. Uh, you know, you always get anxious that time of year when the guys are coming in and you know on paper you, you like what you have but you never know who shows up and and has really been working but so far so good and it's been a pleasant surprise three days three practices in
0: hey mike derek england here how's it going
2: good derek how are you
0: good good um you know i, I know you're just starting up here but uh what what can who can the fans uh look forward to uh, seeing in your eyes uh you know, come come the game on the twenty fifth. Uh, that's new to the team.
2: Uh, well, we actually just signed the uh, the league MVP from two years ago, DaQuan Neal. Um, so to be play quarterback for us, we lost Cam Dukes and got got him promoted to the CFL with the Toronto Argonauts. So uh, I, we had a previous relationship with DaQuan and kind of reached out to him. He wanted to come here and and so that's uh that's a huge piece for us because you can't. Uh, you cannot win any games without, without a dominant quarterback.
1: Mike, looking back to last season, you guys had a great push for the playoffs at the end of last season. That came just a little bit short, but it took until maybe two-thirds of the way through the year until you had Cam Dukes that was uh, you know solid for you through the end of the season. Now you've uh, locked down a, a key QB piece prior to this season, but you are going to have some returning pieces uh, for this season. I imagine that was one of the challenges of being – uh, a team in its inaugural year last season was that everyone came in, but, you know, you're pretty much starting from scratch. I would think this year with a, a few pieces coming back that you can depend on that maybe gives you a little bit of a head start that you didn't have the benefit of last year.
2: Yeah, it is, Brian. We actually, last year we decided to to, to build the foundation and, and go with a mostly 95% rookies who had never played the game. So uh, the learning curve was a little bit longer than what we would like, but we started to hit our stride late. Uh, and then, you know, to have – you know, six or seven guys returning this year. Uh, it's, it's an exciting time for us, and we're excited to see how it all plays out.
1: Mike, you mentioned Cam Dukes going to the CFL. Maybe that's something that fans aren't uh, totally aware of or familiar with how the IFL functions, that, of course, it's about winning in Vegas, it's about winning uh, in the IFL, but it does provide opportunities for players to move on to CFL, NFL practice squads, and beyond. Is that a good recruiting tool for you to have a track record that, hey, players who have come to Vegas have gotten that opportunity to make a jump? Does that help uh, lure talent?
2: Absolutely. You know, obviously we're here to win games for, for the Nighthawks in the city of Vegas. and um, But it is, it is also a platform for these kids. So there's there's some guys that come in and they use the platform the right way and, and they put up great film and are great teammates and, and they get blessed with the opportunity to, to move on. So, um, you know, you, we I think we sent 13 guys up to the CFL and then nine to the XFL last year. So for us, it's just uh, it's a, makes it makes recruiting a little bit easier. Um, unlike the the Silver Knights, where they have you know the farm team for the for the Golden Knights, we don't have a per se farm team. We uh, we're open to all other pro teams that that we can help get guys advanced to.
1: We're talking to Mike Davis, head coach and general manager of the Vegas Nighthawks, who will kick off their season March 25th at the Dollar Loan Center against the Iowa Barnstormers. Looking at the schedule, Mike, it's uh, four of the first five, and if I'm not mistaken, I think six of the first eight games of the season are going to be at home. Of course, uh, we all saw what the atmosphere is like at the Dollar Loan Center for Nighthawks football last year. Having a a front-loaded home schedule like that, I imagine, gives you guys a a real opportunity to, to get out of the gates hot.
2: You know, it is. That's actually one of the things that myself and the coaching staff and the, we've talked to the players about is, you know, you have to win all your own games. And for us, if we can do that, it's going to put us uh, with a huge step in the right direction and securing in a playoff game and, and a potentially a home field playoff game. So we got to win. You got to win your home games to start off with.
1: Mike, looking at just the way that the the pace of play in the IFL, we see high-scoring football. That is by design. Uh, a lockdown defensive IFL team is not going to necessarily look to hold a team under 10 points every week. But I do wonder, as you're building a team, as you're choosing who you bring back from last season, who you're looking to add, I, I'm sure it's a two-sided coin, but is it more focused on trying to find the right defensive pieces, or are you trying to build out, build up to be able to, to win those those gunslinging shootouts?
2: I mean, I think you have to build it both ways. You know, you're looking for guys who can help you put up points, but then you're looking for guys who are, who are hard-nosed and, and can gel together and are great communicators to, to slow other offenses down. So if you can find those pieces and, and get them to gel together, you know, you turn out to have something special in your hands.
1: Mike, you said that you do have a few returning pieces. Uh, not to put you on the spot, I, I know we're before the season, maybe some decisions still being made. Are, are there any returning players from last year that uh, fans enjoyed that maybe they can look forward to again?
2: Yeah, I mean, we're still in the midst of camp, but guys who are are returning, you know, you have Jordan McRae, who's a receiver who played. Casey Allison's a local uh, native here from Las Vegas. And then, you know, Gabe McCoy is a UNLV product. Javon Ferguson plays linebacker for us. And then Kalen Hicks is a a Bishop Gorman grad and played at the University of Hawaii. So um, those are are some of the guys that are returning for us that that we're excited about. Um, They have to put themselves in the right position to, to make the team when the final cuts come out but um, so far they're doing that
1: talking to mike davis of the uh, vegas nighthawks and you know you mentioned still training camp still uh, guys getting into to game shape and you start off by saying okay we've got talent we've got guys coming in now let's see them them play what are the rigors of training camp like for for an ifl team you worked out this morning i'm sure what what's kind of the uh the, the run of show for these players as they get uh, ready for opening day
2: well, we kind of keep them training camp for us is you know you get nine days to bring in forty guys and cut to twenty five. So we keep them busy most of the day. We like, uh, this morning we're in the building at seven. We we practice at nine. We were on the field at eight thirty. Practice at nine. Um, we're off. We're actually watching film now as we speak, and we'll keep them till about two o'clock. Then we'll give them a break, and they'll go have lunch and dinner. And then we'll come back and have uh, meetings in the afternoon.
1: Looking ahead to this season, what do you anticipate from the uh, the conference that you guys play in? Of course, the Northern Arizona Wranglers in that conference. The Arizona Rattlers are always strong there in that conference. So, certainly, the uh, the schedule that you have, you expect to be among the best in that group. Uh, of course, it's going to be a challenging competition week in, week out.
2: Yeah, I mean, the West, our, our division is brutal. You know, obviously, the Arizona Rattlers are, and, are the cream of the crop normally. They've been around for, this is a 30th year. So, you know, Northern Arizona – Wranglers last year kind of caught lightning on a bottle and, and they had their guys playing together at the right time uh, and that was getting into the playoffs. I mean, I think they, they won, don't quote me, I believe they won 12 of their last 13. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, they, they got hot at the right time. Um, you know, obviously, Bay Area is going to be going be way better than they were last year, so is San Diego. And then Tucson, like Coach Chan took over in Tucson and they, they signed the, uh, the offensive rookie of the year and, and Ramon Atkins their quarterback, so like I said, there's a ton of talent. There's a ton of parity. Um, you know, we try not to worry about other teams too much; just worry about what we can handle and take care of our business. But um, you know, there's a lot of guys that we've kind of looked around and, and see how we match up and how we stack up against them.
1: Well, it's going to be a great season, Mike. That we're really excited for. Before we let you go, just curious uh, again, someone who's been uh, in the IFL and, and been in football for a long time. You've seen a lot of different settings. Uh, what was the atmosphere? Uh, at the Dollar Loan Center, like and uh, what kind of energy does that provide for your group?
2: You know, it's it's electric. Uh, you know, that's one of the the first things that I heard after games from from visiting players or coaches, and that how enjoyable enjoyable it was to play in a in arena with that type of atmosphere and setting. I mean, you know, our game day game day people do a phenomenal job. Our ticketing people do do a great job filling the place, and um, it just gives you that that energy that you can't make up anywhere else.
1: Well, and of course, I've never seen a touchdown prop box before uh, last season, but the fans got a kick out of that. Uh, Do you have any input on what goes in the prop box, Mike? Any incentivization there?
2: (laughs) I do not. I I tell Chandler and and the game day ops guys, hey, you have free reign to do whatever, but if you're going to put something in there, make it enjoyable.
1: There you go. Well, just a little extra surprise for all of us when we're enjoying Nighthawks football, and we certainly will starting on March 25th. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. and uh, good luck this season. We're excited to watch.
2: Ryan, Darren, I appreciate you having me.
1: That is Mike Davis. He is the head coach and general manager of the Vegas Nighthawks, who kick off March 25th against the Iowa Barnstormers. Post-game cacotographs after every game with the full team as well, so bring the family down. Tons of fun, and as we mentioned, season tickets starting at just $15 per ticket per game at the DLC, great deal, great fun, uh, and great action. Did you get to go any of those games last year, Derek?
0: Yeah, I did. I took my boys down, down there, sit right behind the bench, so you could hear the bantering between the benches and stuff, and it's a lot of fun, a lot of, uh, lot of things going on. Uh, you, you know, it's kind of like uh, NFL, CFL, in a small little tiny field so it was a lot of fun and, and my boys enjoyed it
1: that's good you know when Derek Englund is close to the actor they think like, "Oh, these guys are coming fast if he's saying it you know it's got to be true but we're going to hop out when we come back we'll get back to the VGK side of things talk more about Pavel Dorofiev and Yuri Patera's performance yesterday William Carlson hitting a milestone and the Golden Knights continuing to roll it's all straight ahead on nighttime at noon Brian McCormick and Derek Englund here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas
0: Live from City
1: National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brian McCormick, Derek Englund, back with you on Nighttime at Noon. Do you want to catch the next Golden Knights game and grab a bite? You should do it tomorrow late afternoon when the Golden Knights are in Philadelphia. Well, you can come and stop by McKenzie River Pizza Grill and Pub and eat like a Golden Knight. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Fans can dine in and catch their favorite games right by the rink. Call 702-916-2999, that's 702-916-2999, or visit pizza.com and learn more today. Again, he's Derek Englund, I'm Brian McCormick. The Golden Knights are doing lots of awesome things, and we're going to talk about it right here, right now, after the Golden Knights picked up another victory 5-3 last night against the St. Louis Blues. We'll delve into that a little bit more deeply uh, and start with the conversation of the kids first. Uh, Pavel, Pavel Dorofiev who scored a goal off his visor, his first in the National Hockey League. Uh, your first NHL goal, I imagine, was not like that. No, it was uh, a <laughs>
0: one-timer from the point that... Uh, Glamour. Screen in front, yeah. yeah. just <laughs> put it out in that, but uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have mined one off the visor. I'd take it any time. I didn't score
1: a lot of goals, so... Anything, any anything work for me? I think the best thing is, is that when it goes in off of his visor, you see players with their first NHL goal. They might be doing the junior celebration, jumping up on the glass in the corner. They're they're losing their minds. For Pavel Dorofiev, it was literally just a ah, shock Like literally, he mined it that went off his yeah. visor. He found it funny instantly. But like you said, it gets you on the board. But when you listen to what Bruce Cassidy, uh, his comments that we played during the first segment. It was indicative of the fact that Pavel Dorofiev wasn't just in the right place in the right time and facing forward. It was literally a game in which Dorofiev did such a good job funneling to the middle, using his feet. He created the turnover that led to William Carlson's goal to open the game. Um, But he had great looks from between the circles, and that's what they've been preaching. They want to see more of from Pavel Dorofiev developmentally. Playing on the inside, he really did that yesterday.
0: Yeah, he was getting to the inside, and and not that Carly and Smitty don't do that, but... uh... You know that they'll make the plays you got to be in the right spot and uh if you can get to the inside it complements those two uh a great deal and uh you know he's got a great shot dorfiev does and um those guys are going to put it on his tape uh you know from different spots so if he can get to the inside he's going to get lots of opportunities to shoot the puck and you know i think that's a It's a big thing on that line. Those guys have good shots, but uh, they're definitely looking to set other guys up. So if you are just find that soft area and get your shot off, uh, they're going to put it on the tape and in your wheelhouse.
1: And one of the things I think I've noticed over the last handful of games for the Golden Knights is that one of the reasons the the offense is there is because they're getting to the middle, which doesn't always require the muscle to get to the middle. Ultimately, it will always require you to have the, the willingness to stand there and take some punishment and win some physical battles, but it's also the speed to get there first. Yep. And to get to lose pucks, and I think it was the the Jonathan Marchessault goal is where it really stood out to me where when we talk about speed in the game, it's not always 200 foot f- foot races. No. Sometimes it's a matter of winning a seven foot race, three hard strides and get there first. And Jonathan Marchessault's goal at the start of the second period, he's tied up on the half wall with Jacob Verana. He's covered. yeah, and Verana falls asleep for just a second. Marchessault gets off the wall. Wins a foot race to give himself three feet of space, Petrangelo hits him so finishes, and that's why I think the gold Knights have done such a good job of it's recognizing empty space in the offensive zone and winning the races to it
0: yeah it's uh you know it's not like hockey ten years ago when you know if a forward beat you the front of the net you d man could just you know cross check him out of there and 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 you you didn't get there you you get there first, and that's your spot now It's tough for a d man to come out and clear you out that's why you know in practice teams are you know. Instead of doing it at the front of the net, they're boxing out in the corners. You know, that person uh, passes the puck, say, out to the point. You're boxing them out right there and then. So it takes you some time to get to the front of the net. And if you can spin off those checks and get to the net before the D-man, it's tough for that D-man to move you. So I thought, like you said, the Knights have been doing a good job getting to the front of the net. And, and uh, you know, at this time of year especially, it's harder to score goals. You're going to see a lot more goals from that 15 feet around the net. And, You know They're doing a good job getting there and and getting rewarded for it.
1: And this is another year like we've seen last year. Scoring is very, very much up, but we've reached that part of the schedule now that everyone's going to start playing playoff hockey pretty much this week and beyond. So things are going to get a little bit tighter, a little bit faster. On the defensive side, or I should say on the puck-stopping side, We've talked about how great Jonathan Quick has been since he's come over and, and for the entirety of the team, finding ways to win against top competition in the East. But yesterday, Yuri Patera called upon he knew he was going to start from the day before, so uh, I'm sure he was, had 24 hours to, to gear himself up for NHL start number one, and he got NHL win number one. And after the game, Yuri Patera spoke about his experience getting his first NHL win in St. Louis. Um, kind of talk uh, I'm glad we got the win and uh, yeah towards the end it was it was a little bit scary but uh yeah we got the job done, and uh, I'm pretty sure we we're all happy
2: you said it was scary at the end how would you describe that third period yeah uh, you know when they when they scored they had a little bit of a push but then uh, you know our uh, our d zone was a, a lot better after that and uh, yeah we just
1: uh, took the sticks and uh, yeah just did a good, really good job in a d zone and uh, played in the ozone most of the time so it was, it was fun. And that was Yuri Patera getting NHL win number one and I'll tell you what Derek one thing that I think has really benefited the goaltending system for the Golden Knights and again we've talked about the work of, of Burke and Brathwaite and Rosati but if you look at the competitive nature Yuri Patera who's had a phenomenal season and the Silver Knights have not had a lot of uh, wins and a lot of run support for him but his individual numbers, his individual work has been spectacular. He was still splitting time with Laurent Brossois. He was before that last year splitting time with Logan Thompson. It's always been a 50 50 split that he's had to fight for the net, fight for the crease. So I think when you hear so many of the goaltenders that make it up to the VGK, and the, the word you always hear is compete level, compete level, well, that's kind of bred into them in the system. Yeah. And we saw a compete level from Yuri Patera yesterday.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, you want that all over the ice. Uh... You know it's no different for the goaltending you want that competitive edge inside your own team you, you know you know if they would have came into camp this year and said lt's a starter hill's going to be the backup yeah would have they done as good as they have so far you, you know they they see the they didn't say anything you, you know obviously lt started a few more games up until he got hurt and stuff but you know they left it open to them and that inside competition it makes everyone better around you you know in practice you want to be be better. You're stopping the guys, which makes the shooters better, and in, and in, in vice for you know, vice versa. So uh, that internal competition is always a good thing. And like you said, with Patera, he's, you know. LT down there he's battling for that so it's made him better and he's come up and he's he's paid his dues he finally got his first game and he he got a win he he played phenomenal Uh, you know like I said after that shot in the teeth I didn't know how he was going to feel after that but he's got a big shot that uh, Parenko but uh, you know he answered the bell made some big stops Uh, the one I uh, comes to mind the one he's laying down with his glove hand yeah you know that's a for sure goal you you know if he's not battling and that compete level's there uh, you know he could have taken the second off and it's a goal so uh, that compete level definitely helped him out there and uh you know, it's it's just good, great to see uh, him get a, his first win in his first game.
1: You mentioned that Pareko shot to the mask. He's been uh, well prepared for that, too. Most games after morning skate, hey, Uri, how'd it go this morning? He's like, well, I got hit in the mask with three shots. So they break him in every which way. But, you know, the young guys got the job done on their end, and the veteran guys did as well. That include William Carlson in his 600th NHL game gets a goal, and uh, for the VGK, so important when we mentioned earlier, but they, they're turning more and more into a four-line team now that everyone seems to have their, their wheels moving in the right direction.
0: Yeah, for sure, and, and they got guys out right now, too, yeah. so you, you get some guys back, uh, that's going to even make the team even deeper, Yeah, you, you know, Will Carrier, uh, 16 or something like that, 16 goals this year, no one had that on their calendar either, like yeah. that he was going to have the year he's having, but you, know, you get those guys back in, and it's just going to make the team deeper, and... Um, you know going against up against some of the big houses out east uh, the boss they roll four lines uh, every night so you need that Uh, you don't want to go in uh, banking on your top guys to play 20 plus minutes a night up front and you know high 20s uh, for your top D men so it's nice to be able to spread it out uh, evenly and uh, you know obviously if you're down a game you 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 stack up You play those guys a little bit more, and and they're fresh, and they're able to do that and and still get that elite level of uh, competition out there.
1: Especially looking at the rest of the month of March, again, the team will be in action tomorrow night against Philadelphia. Between tomorrow's game, I I can even count today for the sake of this argument, but between uh, the game against Philadelphia and San Jose on the 30th, they have back-to-back off days twice. So it's going to be a lot of hockey in a condensed period of time. It's important to be able to rely on, on everybody. And uh mentioned guys coming back. That might mean we don't have a timeline yet, but uh, of course people are going to be looking forward to uh, the availability of Logan Thompson again. And, and uh, Bruce Cassie said yesterday that he is skating. So again, no timeline yet, but at least that's a big step in the right direction that they're on the ice again.
0: Yeah, it's great. i seen that during the game. They had everyone uh, who's skating and not. Yeah. So it's Thompson great to see Bras them. Thompson and both. Yeah, so it's good to see them out there uh, back at it and uh, looking forward to Seeing this team when everyone does get healthy and and going, um, you know, they've had uh, contributions from guys coming up and new guys coming into the lineup for the trades and all that. And um, just to get that full team going uh, before the playoffs will be huge.
1: Well, let's get sentimental because that's fun on a Monday afternoon. Let's let's work up our emotions. It was fun to see and uh, well received was Ivan Barbashev yesterday in his return to St. Louis, place where he won a Stanley Cup. Uh, Alex Petrangelo, of course, can relate to that experience of not just going back to your former teams, uh, your, your former home, uh, but going back to St. Louis specifically. Uh, and after the game, Ivan Bar- uh, Barbashev spoke a little bit uh, about the reception he got.
0: I did it then and uh, it stopped at the perfect timing, so uh, you know d- didn't drop anything, but uh, yeah it was nice. Uh, you know it was a really good uh, tribute video. video
1: you know a lot of times the fans clap, but not often do they stand they stood this time kind of a standing ovation for you.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, you know I've been here for s- for seven years and uh, you know I really tried to play my best over here. Uh, s- sometimes it wasn't really good, but uh, you know at the end uh, it was uh, really exciting to see.
1: And that was Ivan Barbashev, who did have 60 points with the Blues last year, but uh, throughout his tenure there was a bottom six, heart and soul, grinding type, and guys like him that were the the the, the mortar of a Stanley Cup championship team in, in St. Louis. So nice to see him uh, well-received, and I think Alex Petrangelo said afterwards, he's like, hey, I got the same kind of reception when I came back. I'm not surprised.
0: Yeah, no, it's always good to see the – you know, you you don't want to cheer for the other team, but uh, you got to pay your respect for a guy that uh, you know has played his whole career there. Gets traded at the deadline away, and uh, it's good to see the fans uh, appreciate him when they come back. And you know, it's not like uh, any bad blood is why he left or anything like that. So it, it's great to see from the fans and the respect that they give the players uh, when they do go back.
1: And Ivan Barbashev, a significant addition for the VGK this spring. We're going to hop out. When we come back, we'll take a look around the rest of the National Hockey League, the news and notes. Maybe try sure I get to a question or two as well. Brian McCormick, Derek Anglin here with you on Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. All right, Golden Knights fans, now's your chance right now. So listen up to join the battle at the Fortress next season. The Golden Knights will host a seat selection event for prospective full-season ticket holders tomorrow afternoon and evening while the VGK play at Philadelphia RSVP at VegasGoldenKnights.com, VegasGoldenKnights.com, or scan the QR code on your screen if you're watching the stream, and come find your seats at T-Mobile Arena to cheer on the Knights So QR uh, code will appear on the screen at some point if you're following along. If you are driving in your car, do not scan your radio. It will not do a thing. But we hope you'll come on to uh, and RSVP to join us at the Select a Seat event. So we've already given you multiple options of how to watch the Golden Knights and the Flyers tomorrow. You can either do it at T-Mobile Arena for this selection uh, event, or you can come down to CNA and visit our friends at McKenzie River. So no excuses, no reason to be home on a Tuesday night. Have fun with us. And cheer on the VGK. Brian McCormick, Derek Englund here with you. Nighttime at noon. uh, Golden Knights, a three-game winning streak. A successful road trip that will wrap up tomorrow in Philadelphia. As we mentioned, 12-2-2 since the All-Star break uh, as they look to grab the reins in the Western Conference and in the Pacific Division, which is, of course, no easy task because while the Golden Knights keep winning, uh, other teams are doing similarly. The LA uh, Kings are keeping pace. The Seattle Kraken... Stubbed their toe a little bit over the last month, but they're still uh, in the neighborhood. Uh, And then you look at a a pretty fun wild card race shaping up that has Edmonton, Colorado, Nashville, and Calgary uh, all in the chase. So lots of excitement in the closing weeks of the regular season. We wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, Looking around the rest of the NHL, uh, we do have a team that has clinched a playoff spot uh, midway through March, and it is the Boston Bruins. Uh, who have gone at a, a historic pace. Now 50-10-5 through 65 games. Uh, and It's a, a performance like we've not seen in decades and a team that if, if you look up to down, it's really hard to find a, a discernible flaw with the way the Boston Bruins are built right now.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I think they've set a record in the NHL fastest team to, to 50 wins, right, yes. which is crazy if you go back to... Even further back in you know Montreal, those great teams and stuff. It's crazy to see that they're doing it in the modern era now. And um, like you said, there's not many holes on that team. It's a deep team. They roll four lines. Their top guys, um, you know, keep doing it year after year after yeah. year. So. Um,
1: and the and the Orlov and Hathaway ads at the deadline were very good ads for a team in that position. Put them in a good spot
0: for sure. I think Orlov's. I watched two games and he had six points in two <laughs> games. So. Um, going from Washington there, not a bad transition for him. Uh, and then Hathaway, I played with him in Calgary. He's just uh, pure sandpaper, plays a hard game, and uh, you know can create some space out there for his line mates.
1: I think if we were going to pick a, a surprise, let's, let's force ourselves to call something with the Bruins a uh, surprise. Linus Holmark is having yeah. a phenomenal season, and I... Shame on me for not having the exact stat line in front of me, but he's look—he's in a position to be first-time, long-time for someone who could win your uh, your goaltending triple crown of leading the league in wins, goals against, and save percentage. Uh, this has been a, a phenomenal year for him. They already knew they were solid, but at the start of the year, we were talking about Allmark Swayman. It's Allmark.
0: Yeah, well, last year, Swayman was kind of in the same boat. He, yeah. was, he uh, came out, and uh, he was a young guy, and uh, played really well for him, and now this year, it's been Allmark, and... Uh, you know, if they have to go back to Swayman, I, I don't think that's a bad thing or anything. But uh, he's having a tremendous year; that whole team is, and uh, you know they're going to be uh, they're going to be tough to tough to beat out there.
1: Tony D'Angelo suspended for two games for a spearing incident. I think Corey Perry was on the business end of that. Yeah. Uh, two games for a, a volatile player in Tony D'Angelo, but uh, was that about the punishment thing, the crime? Do you think?
0: Yeah. I i probably can't say on the on air what i think about uh the, the spear you know i think it's kind of gutless um you know there's a whistle if, if you want to do something about it go you know maybe give him a punch in the face i'd rather see that mm-hmm. than uh just go around someone and you know spear him where where you probably shouldn't um you know i just think it's a little cowardless and uh you know two games uh i'm sure he's going to be missed out there but uh it is what it is.
1: It's interesting when that happens and you see the teammates of the player uh, holding the weapon rather than – sometimes you know, sometimes players will do things like, eh, that's borderline, but everyone yeah. will kind of come together into that scrum. You kind of just saw a lot of players around Tony D'Angelo in flyers, sweaters going, Yeah. Like, yeah, they, they knew.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's one of those things you don't want to see in hockey. Uh, it, you know, if you're going to do something, go uh, – they're still fighting, so go do something like that. Square and, up. Yeah, square up and, and do it the right way.
1: Looking at the Minnesota Wild, they are at 84 points, one back of the Dallas Stars in the Central. The Stars have a point, uh, or pardon me, a game in hand. But uh, the Wild are going to be without Kirill Kaprizov for the next, possibly the next month, due to injury. That's a big loss, and a tough time of year to get it.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, he's another 40 goal season uh, again. Um, so to lose him, uh, definitely going to need some pieces to to fill in that void. It's you know, it's like uh, VGK when Eichel was out uh, for what you got to. Maybe you're not going to fill with one person. You got to fill it as a as a team, and uh, that's what they're going to be looking to do to to stay in that race.
1: Looking at the Eastern Conference Wild Card race right now, Pittsburgh and the Islanders hold the top or hold the two Wild Card spots. Uh, teams with games in hand on the Islanders, but Panthers are there, Washington's there. Buffalo and Detroit have both kind of fell back a little bit. But uh, if you had to put your uh, your smart money on a team right now, who do you think has a chance? uh to pick up those fountain two spots you think the islanders and the penguins is where it ends up
0: i think right now it was a uh, for a little i don't know maybe last week i thought ottawa you know they were on yeah. a tear coming back uh, two weeks I think, ago i thought buffalo would do it yeah frankly. exactly and but uh you know with the experience and and uh and the team the the personnel that the penguins and islanders both have you know maybe florida creeps in there but uh I like how the Islanders and the Pittsburgh are, are made up. You know, they've been there, they've, they've done it. So um, I would say Florida has the best chance of maybe catching one of those teams, but I'm going to say it's probably going to stay that way, and in the my, Sabres, my opinion. the
1: Sabres and Red Wings have fallen seven points back of, of the Islanders with games in hand, but again, it's been a little bit of a step backwards for them. For the Sabres, certainly the loss of Alex Tuck, yeah. significant, and uh, it's, it's certainly shown. While we have a second, especially for those of you on our stream, we promised you a QR code for the Select a Seat event. We weren't lying to you. It's right there in front of your face. Again, if you're driving, don't look down. Uh, But scan that QR code, and you'll be able to RSVP to the Seat Selection event that will be held tomorrow at T-Mobile Arena while the Golden Knights battle the Philadelphia Flyers. That event... all the information will be in the RSVP. So scan the code and uh, get set to go to T-Mobile. Look at the questions, if there are any that I actually have any insight into, or Derek yourself, uh, of the questions I see, I think the only ones we really have any insight for is the injury situation, which, again, uh, Bruce Cassie said, Logan Thompson and Laurent Bressois have uh, resumed skating, step in the right direction, and Keegan Colazar remains day-to-day. So... Uh, lots to lots covered, and the VGK back in action tomorrow against the Philadelphia Flyers, 4 o'clock puck drop, so make sure you're tuned in for that. And to get more information uh, to gear yourself for the week ahead, tune into the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace on this station tonight at 4. Derek, great time. Appreciate hanging out with you. Always great. Always great to be here with you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again, and uh, this is nighttime at noon. Every Monday, tune in during lunch and learn everything there is to know about all things VGK, sometimes from greater experts than I. He's Derek Englund. I'm Brian McCormick. Thanks for spending your Monday afternoon with us on Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas.